Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. We're gonna win. Don't wanna be a loser, gonna win. The man in the end zone, touchdown Notre Dame! Lorenzo Styles on the post route. Gives to Esme, leaps into the end zone, touchdown Notre Dame! Ball caught, touchdown! What a catch by Jaden Thomas! Hands off the dig, there he goes! 20, 15, 10, touchdown Notre Dame! Notre Dame football coverage continues now from Sports Radio 960 AM WSPT. Here come the Irish. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. And the second hour of Budweiser's weekday sports beat for this Wednesday. Wednesday is now ready to roll. Darren Pritchett with you. Joined by my colleague from Blue and Gold Illustrated, my co-host for Game Day Sports Beat. This year on WSBT Radio, he is the Notre Dame football beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated. Check out his work at blueandgold.com. He is Tyler Horka. Well, first off, Tyler, Happy New Year. Haven't had a chance to talk to you a whole lot since we've moved the calendar to 2023, but I'm sure it's a little bit of an opportunity just to kind of go <sighs> with the, the football season now winding down. Yeah, I mean, we... We last spoke, what, 10, 12 days ago? It's been less than two weeks yeah. when that Tax Slayer Gator Bowl took place. And it feels like it's been a month, man, just with all the craziness. I mean, we're going to talk some Sam Hartman. Of course, Notre Dame got another transfer from, from Oklahoma State as well. So uh, we were just talking about it before we got on here. It feels like it never ends. We go right from the season to the transfer portal. Uh, signing day happened uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And obviously, uh, the official one is in February, but I don't expect Notre Dame to do anything with it. But it's just it's it's a it's a full 365 day calendar. So on one hand, yeah, I've taken a couple of days, but on the other hand, there's been some days that have still been pretty busy since that Gator Bowl. We have not had the chance to speak since Notre Dame acquired arguably the best player in the transfer portal, Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman. How much of a difference do you believe Sam Hartman can make with this Fighting Irish offense? I think he can make a huge difference. And I know we have some people on our blueandgold.com message board saying, well, this isn't really fair to Tyler Buckner and let's give him a chance. And it, it, it's not fair to Tyler Buckner. And that's just because of the injury. It's you had to bring in a transfer quarterback, if you ask me. And like you said, Darren, you're probably bringing in the very best one that entered the portal this year. That is a massive win for Notre Dame. It would be a massive win for any program, not named, I don't know, USC that has Caleb Williams and the Heisman trophy a winner coming back, uh, you know, even if an Ohio state who recruits five-star quarterbacks left and right would have gotten a guy like Sam Hartman. You're like, okay, maybe this is the heir to CJ Stroud. Who's going off to the NFL. I know Alabama was even in the, mar- the market for a transfer quarterback. They would have been happy to get Sam Hartman in there to compete with their five-star guys. The fact of the matter for Notre Dame is Tyler Buckner is not a five-star guy. He has the injury history. He got injured in high school and missed an entire season. He basically missed an entire season this past fall when he went out with that shoulder injury in week two against Marshall. We didn't see him again until that Gator Bowl. 
So th- this is just something Notre Dame had to do. And the fact that they went out and got a guy who has set the ACC record for touchdown passes with 110 just this past season, I think he threw for 37 or 38 touchdowns, close to 4,000 yards. He missed the game with that blood clot at the very beginning of the year. It was great to see him play all 12 games after that and have one of the best bowl games of any quarterback that played in this past month of college football. So, uh, I mean, we'll get into X's and O's. If not today, I know over the course of this offseason, especially once spring ball comes around. But, man, I'm two games into watching his game film. Hmm. I'm going to break down every single game at blueandgold.com. If you guys haven't seen that, go check it out. And I'm just wowed because in two games, I've seen everything. I've seen rollouts. I've seen scramble, it was, you know, improvising runs. Uh, I've seen him make all of the throws to the left sideline, to the right sideline, down the middle of the field. Slow mess concept, play action concept. He can do everything. And anytime a team brings in a guy like that, I mean, it's a huge success. It's a huge win. I had the chance to talk to someone who has covered Hartman at Wake Forest for the past five years, and I asked him that Hartman's rushing numbers were down significantly this year compared to the previous four years. And in his opinion, he felt like Wake Forest protected Hartman from possibly getting injured with the blood clot situation in August. I think they probably backed off him running. But let's say this, Tyler. If you go back and look at previous years, Hartman running the read option is a guy that can make big plays down the field. I guess my best way of comparing there's a little Ian book in him he's a guy that can make a play and run 20 25 30 yards down the field so I like that aspect of his game but also Tyler what have the Irish missed the ability to get the ball down the field teams were not scared of Notre Dame throwing the football deep all of a sudden there is now a major threaded quarterback because I think that's one of his greatest traits getting that ball down the field Oh, absolutely. In the two games that I've watched, that, that that's the number one right there. And he's going to miss on a few deep balls. Every quarterback does. Turn on NFL games this week. Watch the, the Cowboys-Buccaneers game this coming Monday. Tom Brady is going to miss a couple deep shots. I guarantee you Dak Prescott is going to miss some deep shots. Those are good quarterbacks <laughs> in the NFL. Okay? Yeah, no, that's coming from a Cowboys fan who, who just watched whatever happened against I, Washington on Sunday. I thought you were going to say a bunch of incompletions and maybe an interception or two. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And look, Sam Hartman throws some interceptions as well. I think he had 12 this past season. But that comes on 430 passing attempts. And and what you like to see is, in the two games that I've watched, again, you see a lot of that downfield throwing. And a lot of it comes on the slow mess. So I'm going to be curious to see how Tommy Reese kind of takes that out because you have a guy that's been so used to that for the last couple of seasons. When he leaves that ball in the running back's stomach there, sometimes the linebackers drift down toward the line of scrimmage. Even the safeties come down a little bit, and you're presented with more one-on-one opportunities downfield. But look, I tweeted it out today. It doesn't matter what scheme you're running, what system you're running. If you have a guy that can throw the ball down the field with Sam Hartman's touch, his accuracy, uh, he throws a really strong ball down the field too. This thing's not fluttering. These are tight spirals going to one place and one place only. That's the wide receiver's hands most of the time. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a part of the offense that Notre Dame has just been lacking. I mean, you had it a little bit with Jack Cohn in 2021, but And then that goes back to what you started this conversation with was his running ability too. I've seen it even in short yard situations where you get him out on the, on the option. He's out on the, on the perimeter. Defenses have to pay respect to his legs. They think that he can run that ball in there. All of a sudden he just drops it in over your head. 
for a passing touchdown. So you didn't see him use the legs as much for, for yards and touchdowns as you might have seen in 2021. Maybe that's because Wake Forest was protecting him, like you said. But you still saw him get out there a little bit. And once he got out there, teams still had to respect that. All of a sudden, the ball's over their heads and it's going down the field. So uh, deep ball, using his legs, he's just got everything. And anytime you can bring a guy like that in, I said it before in this conversation, I'll say it again. You have, to, you have to do that. He's a really good football player, and it's a major win for Notre Dame to get him on campus. Talking Notre Dame football with Blue and Gold Illustrated's Tyler Horka on WSBT Radio. The Irish also went into the portal and got the safety from Oklahoma State, Thomas Harper, a player that started seven games in his career at Oklahoma State all this season, got dinged up. That's why he only started seven games. Tyler, he was a player that was a part of their three-safety system, and at times he would line up against the slot receiver. Is there a chance that Thomas Harper could be the replacement for Tariq Bracey as this football team's nickelback? Yeah, absolutely, and I I see it a lot of things playing into this. Obviously, you lose Brandon Joseph. You lose a guy like Houston Griffith, who was a depth piece at safety as well. But then you factor in the Tariq Bracey thing. You've seen a lot of these defensive backs for Notre Dame kind of move all over. You see some can play cornerback and safety, and especially when you're considering the slot corner position. I know Tariq Bracey primarily played that this past season, but you're losing him. Uh, I think your best uh, replacement for him as it stands on the roster right now, not including Harper, would probably be Jaden Mickey, and he had an up-and-down season, and he's still gaining confidence. He's young in his career. I'm not sure he's ready to take on a full-time starting role in that slot position. So you just bring in a guy with experience. I know you mentioned the injuries, but he's got seven starts. That's more than Mickey, obviously. He's been in college football for a while. I think you feel comfortable lining him up in the middle. And, and look, even if he doesn't pan out to be that slot corner, you still have a depth piece in that defensive back room that you really need because, like I said, you're losing a couple guys at safety. You're losing Tariq Bracey. Uh, you just need depth. College football is all about depth. You see injuries happen all the time. Just, just look at Thomas Harper at Oklahoma State, for example. But you hope that he comes in healthy. He's able to give you a body in that DB room because I, I think it's a pretty good one and it's a good at. And th- this is just an example of Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame going out and just you know finding pieces to kind of fill holes and fill needs and. They don't go to the portal. I think they've only brought in four or five portal guys in this cycle. It's been a, over a month that the transfer portal has been open. They needed a quarterback. They went and got Sam Hartman. They needed a defensive back. They went and got Thomas Harper. They needed a kicker after Blake Groupie left, and they went and got the South Florida graduate transfer, Spencer Schrader. So uh, it, it's more about quality over quantity with Notre Dame in the transfer portal, and I think Thomas Harper is one of those quality additions for Notre Dame. I guess, Tyler, as media members, we look at all the positives of this football team going into next year. We've just talked about one of them, Sam Hartman. But then on the other side of the coin, for this team to be a playoff contender, there is one spot on this roster that has me concerned as of January the 11th, 2023. Now, maybe they add a couple of players in the portal to change this, or possibly there are some players developing that are going to surprise us but considering the high standard, Tyler, at the defensive line position for so many years now, and not only quality play, but the depth has provided this coaching staff the ability to rotate players at will, and it didn't feel like they lost a whole lot of productivity. You go back to Mike Elston, who kind of got this thing going when he became the defensive line coach years ago. Of course, he's now left to go to Michigan. 
But right now, you look at the state of this defensive line, to me, I have concerns it's not going to be championship level. Am I missing something? Are there some parts that are possibly blossoming right now that are going to surprise me? Well, here's the issue to me, and I'm 100% agreement with you as of January 11, 2023. It wasn't championship level in 2022, Mm -hmm. and you lost most of the guys who made it as good as it was. It was a good defensive line. It was not championship level. And you lost all of the guys that made it good. You lost Isaiah Foskey. You lost Jason Adamalola. You lost Justin Adamalola. I thought Chris Smith from Harvard came in and did exactly what Notre Dame needed him to do for one year. Rotational guy off the sideline, came in, plugged some holes along the interior of the defensive line, made some run stops. Obviously, he's not a big pass rush guy, but he was present. He was visible. You saw number 65 on a lot of plays for Notre Dame. That's four key guys that you just lost. Boom, they're gone. And obviously Isaiah Foskey being the crown jewel of that quartet, given that he's this program's all-time leading sack getter. He just got you double-digit sacks in back-to-back seasons. You lose all of those guys. It's, I mean, it's a very big question mark for Notre Dame right now. Uh, the portal is still open for another week. I think exactly from today it closes. I think it's January 18th. But, I, but again, we started this conversation mm-hmm. saying these days are all cluttered together. I'm hmm. not sure. I think that's the date, though. Uh, I think you need to go get somebody. Uh, you look at Utah State's Byron Bonds, probably Notre Dame offered him. Uh, but kind of like the Chris Smith thing, you need to bring in someone that can just play a role for you, even if it's coming off the sideline and even if he only gets you 15, 20 tackles, and maybe not even that. You, you need depth. It goes back to the Thomas Harper conversation. You need depth at a position like defensive line. You just lost four of the guys that played uh, most of your snaps. I mean, I guarantee you all of those guys were – top six, top eight in snaps played along the defensive line. Now you're looking at guys, you know, you need Riley Mills to be better than he was in 2022. You thought he was going to be maybe the second best defensive lineman behind Isaiah Fonke. He was good. He had, he had moments. He wasn't that dominant force. You need Howard Cross to be a revelation again. You hope that wasn't a one-off in 2022 because I thought he played really well, but now you're looking at him as probably your best returning defensive lineman and I'm not sure that's the spot Notre Dame wants to be in because just a year ago you're thinking he's going to be one of those depth guys playing with Jacob Lacey, who obviously went to the transfer portal. So uh, just to circle it all back to what you said, absolutely, I think it's a concern. I think the coaching staff is aware of that. And, I mean, it's going to be development city for these guys in spring practice through the summer and then into the fall because you're looking at a lot of young guys, and not even all young guys, some late bloomers there who are mm-hmm. seniors who we haven't seen a lot play. You're going to be expecting a lot from them just given what Notre Dame lost. Blue and Gold Illustrated's Tyler Horkham, I guess. So is Georgia any good? 65-7 against TCU. Speaking of defensive lines, that is the standard. Yeah, it is. I mean, you've got huge guys. I mean, it would just be a treat to be a Georgia fan just because you know you're going to roll out there and, and nobody's going to be able to run the ball on you. You're going to get to the quarterback. It's uh, You talk about championship standard, championship-level defensive lines. That's it. I mean, those guys can play ball. They're coached well. I think, you know, Will Muschamp, he's a defensive coordinator at Texas when Texas won the national title. I know he wasn't great as a head coach, but, man, that guy knows what he's doing. And all of those staffers on that on that coaching staff know what they're doing. They bring in the right guys, and then the right guys play well. It's, it's a machine is what it is. I could watch Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, call plays every yeah. Saturday. I mean, that was a clinic Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they knew what TCU wanted to do defensively, and they just 
were, went out there with their offense and, and did it better. They they did a better uh, job than, than TCU. I mean, it was – we talk about the stars, and I guess stars do matter. I think it was 18 five stars for Georgia, one for TCU. You could <laughs> see that, but you, you could also see just scheme differential and, and just a better overall – preparedness from Georgia than TCU and I'm not taking anything away from Sonny Dykes and his coaching staff because they did a phenomenal job just to get there but it's one thing to have the best players in college football and Georgia has that they're, I mean they're right up there with Alabama Ohio State all of those teams it's another thing to coach those guys the right way put in the right schemes, put in the right game plan just specifically for that game I mean that was a flawless game Georgia scored on its first six possessions it, it was just an absolute clinic and look, Stetson Bennett is good, but he's no world beater. I mean, he's he's my size, and I'm five eleven with a bump on my head, probably 180 <laughs> pounds, right? He's my size, and he's out there doing what he did. That's a testament just to that to that system and the way they do things at Georgia. Because for two years now, it, it's the best in college football. I want to switch to Irish women's basketball for a moment. The last time we saw Neil Ivy's team a surprising. 10-point loss to a North Carolina team that had been really scuffling the last couple of weeks. Notre Dame went down to Chapel Hill, lost by 10. I mean, this is a team that averages in the 80s to only score 50 points was shocking, and I know you had a pretty good stat. ACC road game three-point shooting has been a struggle for whatever reason for the Irish, including on Sunday an unthinkable 2-for-22. Yeah, I've written so many articles since then. I forget what the number was, but was it? It was somewhere between ten and fifteen percent. Was it not? Fifteen point two percent. There you go. That's what they're shooting three point wise in ACC road games. And look, I think there might not be another sport, and especially at the professional level, because I think pros can go on the road and perform anywhere. We we see it across every single one of the pro sports. I mean, look at we're, we're big hockey fans. I think road hockey teams have a really good record in the playoff, and those mm-hmm. are some of those raucous environments that we've seen. For whatever reason, college basketball, men and women, that might be the hardest place to get a road victory it is a true road game in college basketball. I don't know what it is. You don't play a lot of them, for one. That was only Notre Dame's fourth true road game of the season. Here we are mid-January, and they're still only number four. And it's not like Chapel Hill is a, is a crazy – on a Sunday afternoon, it's a crazy road environment. But I don't know if it's sight lines, it's the travel. you got to factor in that these are students and, you know, you're, you're flying over there on a Saturday and playing on Sunday and coming back on Sunday night. I don't know what it is, but all of that to say this, Darren, I don't think they're going to go two for 22 from the three-point line a whole, <laughs> uh, a whole lot this season. And you just get that one out of the way. I know it's crushing to lose that way, especially after you just crept into the top five in the polls. You thought this team was Final Four worthy. And then that being your last time you see them, you're like, well, I don't know. Can, can they even make the Elite Eight or the Sweet 16 or whatever? They're not going to shoot two for 22 again. I think they have a really good core. Dara Mabry is their best three-point shooter. She goes one for 11 from three in that game. That's not going to happen a whole lot this season. You kind of just get back to the basics, get back to doing what you do. They got a home game on Thursday night to kind of rid the taste of that, and you're going to be staring up. And if they take care of business on Thursday, at a 13 and two record, they're still in the top 10. This is still a really good basketball team. It's just one of those clunkers that you see in college basketball on the road. Tyler, let's wrap things up by reminding folks what they could expect now and in the coming days at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Yeah, I mentioned uh, the Sam Hartman series that I'm doing. I'm Two of 12 right now. I recapped his game 
uh, against Liberty today, and it was Vanderbilt was his first game of the season of 2022. Uh, just a lot of videos, GIFs, analysis, what I see from watching every single one of Sam Hartman's snaps in those games. I know it's all Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman, if you're a Notre Dame fan right now. And blueandgold.com is the, the best place to get info on him, what to expect from him, and just kind of all kinds of analysis. So our deal has, after the new year, has transitioned to twenty nine ninety nine for, uh, I guess, eight months of access now because that carries you through the start of this upcoming football season. So we had the $1 deal. We had the $10 deal. Twenty nine ninety nine isn't so bad when you're factoring in all of the things that you're getting there. So if you're not signed up, sign up. And, and if you are, then you're doing it right. And you probably saw those Hartman pieces today because uh, I put a lot of work into those and, and the reaction has been good on the message board so far. So, uh, yeah, we're Sam Hartman Central right now, blue and gold. <laughs> Very good. Tyler's going to join me during the off season Wednesdays at 6.05, and I guarantee we will have plenty to talk about and before you know it, spring football will be here. But I don't want to say that around you, Tyler, because you need a couple of days just to catch your breath. I'm not going to scare you like that, but it's not too far away, which actually is not a bad thing. But good to talk to you again. Looking forward to speaking to you every Wednesday, and we'll do it again in seven days. Yeah, I'm actually going down to uh, Oxford, Mississippi for a wedding. I don't know if oh. Lane Kiffin is going to be there, but yeah, this weekend I'll, maybe I'll get those two days that you talked about because I'll be down there for a, a former co-worker's wedding. It should be a good time. Oh, yeah, that that could be a lot of fun. Very good. Hey, Tyler, <laughs> safe travels. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Darren. Thank you so much. Tyler Horka covers Notre Dame football. He is the beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, and also covers Irish women's basketball. 627 at WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 